Before I begin the show, I just want to remind all of you how much I appreciate you for stopping by. But I want to remind you also that this show, the messages that are going out here onto the audio airwaves across the globe, we rely on you to help spread the word. If you find any value in the content here, please like comment, share on any of the content here, whether it is this audio production or on the Strong Body, Strong Soul YouTube channel or Instagram or Facebook. Share, like, comment. Hello and welcome to the show right now. This is the Strong Body, Strong Soul Show. I am Maria. And in this episode, it's going to be a long one. Make yourself comfortable. I want to give you a warning that we're going to be talking about some serious subject matter. I may be pushing a lot of buttons. But the main message here is that it doesn't matter what religion you are, what color your skin is, where you live on the planet. We are all connected. In this particular episode, I am going to be talking about religion, specifically Christianity, Catholicism, the horror of it all to some, right? Vocabulary can really push some buttons, right? So, I want to go ahead and share the following episode with you. I created this episode based on my reflections from a silent retreat that I attended last year. And this weekend, I'm attending the same retreat with a different theme. I can't wait to share my insights with all of you guys in a new and improved episode based on this coming weekend. But right now, I wanted to share these reflections with you. I am going to be talking about the Virgin Mary. I am going to be talking about Nazi Germany, the evils of Hitler. I'm going to be talking about the confessional. I'm going to be breaching my own confidentiality and revealing some information for you. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I was really moved by this retreat that I went on. And so when I'm reflecting on these insights, I'm speaking really slowly. I am going to be creating an article based on these reflections. So if you are more of a reader and you want to know more about some of the people I am discussing in this episode, you'll be able to refer to that article. I'll include some of the information in the show notes here for you. A lot of dates will be included in this particular episode for you guys. It's a little more factual than most of my episodes here at Strong Body, Strong Soul, but I hope you enjoy the episode. Enjoy your day and find out your own truth. Thank you for listening. Here we go.
Thank you so much for joining me right now. The retreat that I recently went on, the theme of it is called Streams of Grace and Mercy. And the focus is on the strength of Mary and her immaculate heart. And I'll be talking throughout this episode about Mary, and sometimes I may be referring to her as the Virgin Mary, the Mother of God. If you do not believe in those terms and just skim past it, take what I'm saying in whatever way you believe. Don't worry about it. But that is the way I may refer to her once in a while here in these episodes. So Mary, traditionally, throughout the Bible, even in the book of Genesis, was mentioned as the opponent, the enemy of Satan. Satan himself is afraid of Mary because her faith is so strong. You see often stories about Mary, visions of Mary standing on a, on a globe with her foot on a serpent or doing battle with a dragon in apocalyptic settings. She often is valiant. She can conquer the devil. She can and she does. And one of the things that in recent times has been so fascinating is the power of Mary and that feminine divine energy. In recent times, the Pope even has referenced in some of his works the power of the feminine genius. I love that. I love that term, feminine genius. And do you know, by the way, that the rise of women that are active in politics is having a surge in our society. Perhaps we need some of that feminine genius to be more incorporated into our political structure. Just saying. But for right now, I want to focus on one of the things that was discussed at this particular weekend retreat was the apparitions that occurred in Portugal in 1917. Our Lady of Fatima Our Lady of Fatima. Let me give you a little bit of history about Our Lady of Fatima because we are celebrating a 100th anniversary of this event. I'll give you some background. By the way, before I get too far into this, I wanted to just make an observation that when I went on to Google right now, looking up some of this stuff, This kind of information pushes a lot of buttons. And by the way, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, did you guys ever see the Da Vinci Code? I love Dan Brown. And a lot of the stuff centered about Mary is like a Dan Brown (laughs) book. There is a lot of theory about how things work. And... So I leave it to you guys to take what I'm talking about and do your own research and figure out what you believe. Again, I am not here saying there is any one right way to believe or how to 
to absorb this information. I'm just sharing. And by the way, with this sharing, it occurred to me that a lot of my Instagram photos and entries over there support what I'm talking about right here and kind of are fun to look at. So when I can, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to post a link to my Instagram account, just in case you want to look at a particular photo that may be relevant to what I'm talking about right here on this particular segment. I attached a photo for you that you can go ahead and click on if you like. If not, no big deal. If the link is there, it does not mean that you have to click on it. Of course, what I'm talking about will stand alone. But the truth, the truth can come from many different sources. And that is so true. And so I'm attaching a photo that kind of shows my idea of what this means. So, enjoy. And I'll go ahead and I'll describe the Lady of Fatima apparitions for you in the next segment. So, just to give you a little idea of the history of Our Lady of Fatima. Fatima is in Portugal. And on May 13, 1917, three shepherd children were near a well in Fatima. And they reported seeing the Virgin Mary. It was the first of six apparitions that they experienced. She told them to come back the following month on the 13th. And they did so. They went to that same spot on the 13th of each month for six months. And each time she appeared to them and gave them different messages. Now it was 1917 at the time, so World War I was happening. One of her messages was that if people in the world did not change their ways, that a worse war would be coming. So the three children got many messages from her, and they told their families and friends each time afterwards, and they got different responses. Now the three children, the eldest, her name was Lucia. Then there was Francisco and Jacinta. And the Lucia was about 11 or 12 years old, and Francisco and Jacinta were about 8 or 9. And when they went home to their families, Lucia's mother did not believe her. She thought she was making up stories. Friends of Lucia at school made fun of her. She almost did not return to the site because her pastor at her church told her, that it was the devil trying to distract her from God with a vision. Luckily, Lucia dis disregarded her pastor and went. And Mary did appear to them each month on the 13th of the month. Now, as time progressed during this period of time, the community became more aware of what was happening. 
And each month, more and more people would join the children at the well. And at a certain point, the community demanded that Mary give them a sign that the children were really seeing her. Because even though all the people were around them, only the children were able to see Mary and hear Mary speak. So, on October 13th, 1917, it was a rainy, rainy day, and 70,000 people were on that mountain near that well. They had come because Mary, in the prior month, had told the children to invite people, that she would give them a sign so that people would believe the children. And on that day, and please go ahead and Google search this, October 13th, 1917, rainy, rainy, muddy day, there was a solar event with such intensity in the sky that it dried everybody present. 70,000 people, their clothing became dry. The ground dried up. It's in the newspapers. 70,000 people witnessed this miracle. So I just wanted to let you guys know that this really happened. It's a historical account. October 13th, 1917, to support and prove that Mary was appearing to these children. So one of the things that happened during these apparitions was that Mary gave the children messages. Now, as I said, it was World War I at the time, and she was warning the children that if the world did not change, a worse war would come. Now, there are many who say that this is in regards to Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union, the evils and atrocities of both of these countries, their regimes. continued and happened in the future after these apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima. Now, one of the interesting things that I just wanted to point out for you guys is as the sun dried everyone in 1917 on that October 13th date, it was a natural phenomenon that happened to occur on that same exact day. What you choose to believe about that phenomenon or not is up to you. But there are future events that happened, such as in 1938, in January of 1938, the sky turned red on our planet. It was so red that it looked blood red over London, they could see it in Bermuda. They could see it from the United States. It was all over. And there is still some scientific debate. They do not know why the sky was red that night. They do not know whether it was the Aurora Borealis 
or some other phenomenon. One of them is that it is a planet called Nibiru, N-I-B-I-R-U, in 1938. There are reports that Adolf Hitler saw the blood red sky. And there are reports of people actually hearing him say, now we will shed blood. There are also reports, by the way, in reference to Mary, some of the visions that people have had over the years in biblical accounts and such have Mary opposing a red dragon, which some liken to the Soviet Union. And the reason I mention this, and it's important, is because dates in history seem to kind of support that. In 1938, the sky was a blood red. Now, during the Second World War, by the way, Portugal had decided to pray to Mary. One of her messages at Fatima was that people should pray to her and pray to her in the form of the rosary. And Portugal had been praying the rosary in massive amounts of people, a common faith, a common faith in Mary, in God, the rosary. In 1942, Hitler was sweeping Europe. Portugal remained untouched. We don't know why. But in 1942, in Portugal, they decided to make a crown for Mary with beautiful gems in it, in her honor, to thank her and acknowledge her for keeping them safe from Hitler and the ravages of war in Portugal. I just want to mention that throughout everything that I am speaking about, take what I'm saying, take the facts, and interpret it how best you feel is appropriate for you. And of course, this is the case with so many things. The same exact piece of information or event can mean entirely different things to different groups of people. So, figure it out yourself, what it means to you, and how much store you put in it. Also keep in mind that people in power can take symbols and manipulate them to their own advantage and enforce their own will upon certain symbols. For instance, the swastika itself is an American Indian symbol for peace. But it also comes from India, that same symbol. It means peace, hope, and love to many. But Hitler took that same symbol and used it for evil purposes.
So each of us has a responsibility on our own to interpret reality and be aware of the true meaning of things. One of the biggest messages that was received from the Lady of Fatima in 1917 was that she asked the children to spread the word that people should be praying the rosary. Now, whether you're not familiar with the rosary or not, you may at least know that there is a power in prayer in a common energy and intention, sometimes known as the collective consciousness as well. Sometimes it doesn't really matter what you call it. But right now, I want to talk about it in terms of the rosary. And just like I was talking about a little bit ago with Portugal, Portugal being safe, from Hitler in 1942, there are also other examples of how the power of prayer can help save lives. On August 6, 1945, an atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. 13% of the population within a mile of that bomb blast survived. There was a group of six Jesuit priests that survived. They were within that one mile radius of the bomb's epicenter. They were praying the rosary every single day while they were there in Hiroshima. Their lives were spared. We don't know why. Father Schiffer, S-C-H-I-F-F-E-R, if you want to look it up, was interviewed on many occasions. He attributes his survival to the power of the rosary. Also, in Nagasaki on August 9th, 1945, a few days later, as you know, another bomb was dropped. And again, there were survivors. One of the survivors, his name is Takashi Nagai. He is not Catholic, but he survived. He converted. And he is about to become a saint in the Catholic Church because he took that devastation and loss. He climbed out of the rubble and he went to his home where his wife and family had been incinerated. But he chose to change his life. He attributed his safety to God and to the power of the rosary that he had just started to learn when the bomb was dropped. A third of the population in Nagasaki was killed. But Takashi Nagai survived. Once again, bad things can happen, but they can lead to good. It is within our power 
It is our choice what to do with devastation and catastrophe. I want to talk about the Soviet Union some more right now. And I want to talk about it in terms of Mary in 1917 was telling the children that the world needed to change its ways or a worse war would come. Sure enough, World War II arrived. And there was devastation and countless loss of life at the hands of the Soviet Union. But years later, some say that the beginning of Russia being consecrated has helped in our global world. And let me just explain the difference between consecration and conversion. Consecration means that a particular land has been deemed hopeful, hopeful and receiving God's grace, despite what they believe sometimes. So what happened is Russia in 1917 and throughout much of the 20th century was not consecrated by God, according to many. They were on a mission to take over the world, to defeat, to destroy, to conquer. But starting in the mid-80s, 1980s, the crumbling began. And many believe that this is because Russia did become consecrated. Meaning there was hope there. Now, let me throw out a date for you guys. May 13th, 1984. The feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Thousands upon thousands of people were gathered in Fatima praying the rosary. One of the largest crowds in history to ever be gathered in common communal prayer. They were praying the rosary. May 13th, 1984. On that very same day, there was a massive explosion in the Soviet Union. They were doing some missile testing. There was a faulty missile and it, w it was not ignited so the people came out of the bunker to see what was going on and then there was a delayed explosion this explosion caused two-thirds of the entire Soviet missile armory to be destroyed and killed hundreds upon hundreds of people in the Soviet Union Along the same lines, in 1985, March 11th, 1985, Mikhail Gorbachev became president of the Soviet Union. 
1989, Mikhail Gorbachev visited the Vatican. The Iron Curtain of the Soviet bloc had begun to fall. Poland gained its freedom, Hungary. In 1989, the Berlin Wall fell. The Soviet Republic began to crumble. In 1991, it became official. The Soviet Empire had fallen. Now, all of Russia has not been converted, but they were consecrated. They were given hope. The entire world has changed because the Soviet Union has fallen. And I think this is so important. It has affected our entire world. Whether it's part of Mary's message or not. Much of what I'm talking about has been turned into countless books and movies and tons of information is out there on the internet. I'm merely mentioning these things in order to highlight some of the most interesting facets of it all for me. Now, one thing I want to talk about right now is the attempted assassination of Pope John Paul II. Our Lady of Fatima in 1917 told the children that a bishop would be shot down and murdered. That was her prediction, her prophecy. And we're going to talk about what prophecy means in a minute. But in 1917, she talked about it. On May 13th, 1981, May 13th, the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima, Pope John Paul II was shot at close range by a would-be assassin from Turkey. Pope John Paul survived the shooting. He made it to the hospital. He got to the hospital. Little things, if you, if you look, if you Google search it, little things are kind of odd about it. The ambulance was far away. They barely made it to him in time. He should not have survived. The bullet missed an artery. It should have, or it could have, struck a vital artery and ended his life immediately. But it didn't. One of the things that he reported afterwards was that a human finger pulled the trigger, but another energy guided that bullet. Years later, he attributed his survival to the grace of Our Lady of Fatima. He thanked Mary for his very life, for his survival. When he got to the hospital that day, by the way, they did not have his blood type on hand. He had lost a lot of blood. But for some reason, a couple of people on staff right there and then had his blood type. And they were able to save him. Many things came into play. His life was spared. So a couple of years later, in 1982, actually, a year later, he went to Fatima to 
pay respects to Our Lady of Fatima. He took the bullet with him that had entered his body. And he was intending to offer it as a gift to the people of Fatima. He suggested that they add it to the crown that had been created in 1942. Remember that crown I was talking about? That they built to thank Mary for saving them from Hitler. Pope John Paul wanted to add the bullet to the crown somehow. They looked at the crown. Right in the center was a little space that the bullet fit perfectly in and to this day that bullet is part of that crown so Pope John Paul II survived that attempted assassination and added that bullet to that crown was this part of the prophecy that Mary had given perhaps Perhaps the most promising part of this whole thing is that Mary predicted that a bishop would be shot down and killed. Many argue that because John Paul II did not die, it shows us that we do have control over our own destiny. A prophecy, a prediction is merely that. Nothing is set in stone. We have the power over our own destiny. We have choices. positive power of prayer, manifestation, intention of energy, making the world a better place. That's why we're all here. And we do have the power to change the future. So all of the things that I am talking about here, I want to go back again to that our Lady of Fatima apparition and those three children. Lucia was the oldest, Francisco and Jacinta were the other two children. The two youngest children died in childhood. But they both have become saints in the Catholic Church. They are the first children that have become saints for reasons other than martyrdom. There are children saints, but it is because they have been killed over the past for defending their faith. But Francisco and Jacinta have been deemed as saints because of their heroic virtue, their willingness to help spread the word that Mary was imparting to them. Now, Lucia, she lived until 2005. She died at the age of 97 years old. During her entire lifespan, she did see Mary several more times. And she wrote many letters about the messages that she received. Now, I will tell you that when the children first had the apparitions in 1917, it took the church nearly 15 years to acknowledge that this was a holy place that was worthy of people visiting. Not until 1930 did they make this announcement. 
Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay on these things, right? It's a bureaucracy of some sort. There is a lot of information online about how the power of the church may try to manipulate facts to their own advantage. But these three children, these three children, what they saw, what they reported has had such astounding effects on the world in general. And Lucia was able to see her friends, Francisco, Francisco and Jacinta, become beatified, it's called, in the church in the year 2000. And what a gift, what a gift. Also, though, just for you to note, all of Lucia's letters, her visions, her descriptions, all of it wasn't released until the year 2000. I'm not sure why, but it does not take away from the strength and the power of communal prayer and a common energy of good that can happen. Whether you are Christian, Catholic, or whatever, some of the things that I've been talking about have affected the whole world. And I'm not here to argue with why certain things have happened. I just wanted to make note of certain things for you. And I do believe that God can speak through many different sources. There is truth and beauty in the world. It comes through in all different forms. And I do believe that we have the power to change the future. I do believe we don't only have the power, but we have the responsibility to step up. So I'm going to point out a couple more things that I find very interesting how they're tied to this idea. Let's talk about angels for a second. Once in a while here on my station, I will do an angel card reading. And last week I was speaking to a friend and she was sharing. Oh no, her husband doesn't like to listen. No, no. The angel card readings are not okay. Because there seems to be some sense of they come from somewhere else. And... From a humorous perspective, you might want to look in my episodes about, I have an episode in there, I'm not from the devil. And on occasion, people take religion and they skew it in different ways. As far as Our Lady of Fatima goes, Lucia, at one point, she almost did not go to that well to see Mary because her pastor said, it was the devil that was trying to distract her from God. And sometimes we try in our own lives, we try, try, try so hard to find that miracle. Or those angels, perhaps, or those visions, they don't come if you want them to. You believe whatever you need to believe. It's all good. It's all good. And I just wanted to mention that before Mary appeared to the children, they did report 
that an angel appeared to them three times. He was a teenage boy that came to them and taught them some prayers at that same well before Mary even arrived. He had been preparing them. And I think that's so interesting. I don't think we think of that particular angel there appearing to the children very often. But I remember at this retreat that I was on this weekend, I remember looking at a statue of Mary and kind of laughing to myself thinking, no matter how hard I try, I cannot make the face of that statue animate itself and start talking to me. It's not a Disney movie. But you guys, when we're talking about these apparitions and angels, to some people, I really do believe they see them and hear them and help communicate to us. I don't think it's the work of the devil. I think it's a gift, and I think whoever can hear it should be allowed to and encouraged to and not prevented from being open to it. Thank goodness that pastor in 1917 did not prevent Lucia from going to that well. If your children report seeing things, seeing lights, hearing voices, perhaps encourage them and welcome it instead of condemning them and suspecting that they're not telling the truth. Who are we to say? Okay, you guys, here it comes. I'm breaching my confidentiality. But it was my confession, so I can do it. I have the power. <laughs> so, if you know, in Catholicism, we have confession. We go behind closed doors and we tell the priest our sins. And my sin that I was talking about with him this weekend was humility. Humility. And part of that is realizing that I'm here for a greater purpose. Sometimes I start to doubt myself. And I think, oh, I'm awful in my own head. I'm being too big for my britches. And by the way, speaking of angels, <laughs> do you guys realize that my full name is Maria Gabriela? And if you know, the Archangel Gabriel was the voice of God telling Mary that she was going to have a child, right? And the Archangel Gabriel is the voice that helps speak. And once in a while, I'll wonder, why is that my name? And sometimes, sometimes, especially when I'm out here on the airwaves, I'm learning how powerful my voice can be to help people. And I so appreciate all the feedback here on this station. If you're within the Anchor community, you know I've been getting so many calls 
of gratitude and just encouragement. And it's so beautiful. And this weekend, when I was talking to the priest, I was talking to him about humility. Humility of recognizing that your gifts are meant for a a bigger purpose. And at, at the end of our conversation, he commented, I had done a reading at Mass on Saturday. And so I was up on the altar with a microphone. I love that. You know how I am. I love to speak, especially at a silent retreat. (laughs) That gave me the power to use my voice a little bit. But the priest, in that confessional, he told me that it was the first time ever that he was able to put his book down and not follow along with the reading. He usually follows along with the reading. But that my voice did something to him that he could feel the power in my voice as I read that reading and he was so complimentary and that right there defeats my humility thing but he gives me more encouragement and hope that what I'm doing out here is making a difference. And I really appreciate anybody out here listening. It's just me talking. But I hope what I'm sharing is helping you in some way. And by the way, being humble, we were talking about in the confessional, about the silent retreat was meant to be a time to connect with God, with the divine, with your higher power, with the energy. And so, so many beautiful things are happening in the world. And if I can help remind you guys of that, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for listening. I have a couple of more things that I'm going to talk about to share with you. But that is my breach of confidentiality. (laughs) One of the interesting things I find about any Christian teachings is how they often resonate in other cultures and other religions. And there seems to be some sort of connection. Completely unintentional. I want to talk for a minute about how the city of Fatima was named in Portugal. You probably don't realize that one of Mohammed's daughters, her name was Fatima. You can find it in the Quran. There's also reference in the Quran to Mary. Mary. The mother of Jesus. But let's talk about Fatima for a minute. There was a period in history where there was a prince and he took captive a Muslim princess. He took her back to Portugal with him. And they fell in love with each other. She actually 
converted to Christianity. Her name was Fatima. So he renamed his city in Portugal. He renamed it to Fatima. That's where the name comes from. From a daughter of Mohammed. I love that. One of the other things I find so interesting is that across the world, the time frames that I've been mentioning, certain sectors of society may attribute different meanings to them, but we're all getting little pieces of the same truth. During this weekend retreat, I was able to take the time to look through my notes from a conference I attended last year with monks from India. And do you know that in 1989, orbs of light began to appear. Actually, they'd begun earlier, but there are reports of them in 1989, around the same time that the Berlin Wall was falling, was being torn down. These orbs of light appeared to children in India, giving a message that God is whatever you believe God is. It has no set, finite way of being. God is what you believe God is. That message was transmitted to children Children are so important, are so receptive to the message of the universe, to the divine. No matter, no matter where these messages come from, it's so important to be aware of them. Things are happening in this world that defy science and rational thinking. Sometimes they're coming through the children. Sometimes they're coming through nature. So stay open. Keep your eyes open for the miracles that are around you. Find your power in what you do believe in. That is where the truth is. The truth is what you believe in. One last point that I'm going to bring up right here is that I, I'd never thought about the fact that Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, was not able to perform any miracles in his own hometown. Because, some say, the community of his hometown did not have the same faith in him as others saw. They thought of him as just the carpenter's son. That common strength and intention was not there in his own hometown. So I just mention this because I find it so interesting. In our own lives, the way often I'm talking about get outside your comfort zone, reach beyond those preconceived ideas of who you are, 
even Jesus had to branch out. And he found more strength in branching out. And it also goes to show how powerful the collective consciousness can be. When there are multitudes upon multitudes of people listening to Jesus speak on a high mountain, the power of faith is so strong that miracles can manifest. But without that support, perhaps it's more of a challenge. And I, for one, feel like we could use some miracles in this world. So, dig deep, figure out what you do believe in. And stay strong in that. That is what will create miracles and peace. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. I cannot thank you enough for tuning in. Here at Strong Body, Strong Soul, I'm Maria. And everything that I just shared with you, I had to get off my chest before I forget. Because this weekend, so many great reflections came to me. And I hope what I put out here resonates with you in some way. Whether it's because you can relate to what I'm talking about, or maybe you disagree with some way that I'm explaining things, and that's okay too. Maybe some reaction in yourself from what I'm saying will help you get more clarity into what you believe. And what you believe is true. We are all so connected despite what religion we practice, what language we speak, or where we live on the planet. We all share the same energy. And we are all here to help make the world a better place. I so appreciate your time. And I will in the future be doing a similar episode like this, centered around the teachings that I've learned in the last several years specifically a workshop that I attended last year with the monks from India. I'd love to share those teachings with you in a similar way. Thank you, thank you for being here with me. And I'll talk to you soon. I love you. If you've made it this far with this episode, you are so amazing. Thank you for hanging out here for so long. I hope that what I'm talking about resonated with you in some way. Like I'm talking about, it doesn't matter what religion you are, if any religion. We are all so connected. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, where you live on the planet, what gender you are. 
feminine genius. I love it. I love it. And I'm looking really forward to improving, by the way, the sound quality on this particular show. This episode was built from reflections that I made last year. And I look forward to sharing more from this coming weekend with you guys next week. Just a warning. I am going to be moving on over a little bit to the psychic side. So, whether you call it miracles, sorcery, or imagination, whatever you believe, keep coming back to the show and let's talk about it. Have a beautiful weekend. I love you. I am Maria. This is the Strong Body, Strong Soul Show. If you feel like it, go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you happen to be tuning into the show from. Go ahead and make sure that you favorite or subscribe to this show. If you want to go ahead and be alerted to future episodes. And as always, please be careful of the episode titles. They matter. Keep coming back. I love you.